Welcome to Mona Moments, a podcast hosted by the Museum of Northwest Art located in LaConnor, Washington. The Museum of Northwest Art resides on the land of the Coast Salish peoples, specifically the Swinomish Indian tribal community. With gratitude, we honor their stewardship of these lands since time immemorial to the present day. This land acknowledgement does not take the place of authentic relationships with indigenous communities. This episode of Mona Moments highlights the original vision and evolution of Mona Link, Mona's school partnership program through a conversation with three individuals who shaped the program over the past two decades. You'll hear from the founder of the program, Margaret Groff, a studio artist currently living in Port Townsend. She was the first education director at Mona from 2000 to 2008. She has also worked as a museum educator at the Washington State University Museum of Art in Pullman, Washington, and the John Michael Kohler Art Center in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. You will also hear the perspective of Christine Wardenberg Skinner, who lives in Edison. She worked at the Museum of Northwest Art from 2010 to 2014, first as Mona Link Education Director, then as the first Director of Outreach. She is a practicing artist and has spent the last four decades as an art educator in both Skagit and Whatcom counties. Finally, you'll hear Nicolette Harrington, the current coordinator of the Mona Link program, and textile artist, painter, and printmaker working out of Wing Shadow Studios in LaConnor. She has a master's in art education from Mass College of Art and was the art specialist in Fairfax County, Virginia and Oak Harbor, Washington for many years. The conversation is facilitated by Ellie Cross, Mona's community outreach coordinator. Thank you for listening to this Mona moment. So we are going to start with introductions. Um, You can start with your name, the time that you were involved with Mona, and what your title or capacity of involvement with Mona Link was. My name is Margaret Groff, and I was the initial education director here at Mona. Um, Volunteers had been building a program prior, but I was the first one hired. Um, And we decided that we wanted to do some sort of program that uh, enabled the museum to reach out to the community more, and also that would help to fill a gap uh, that we noticed in the schools, which was that there were no art specialists in the schools in the valley, and many of the school teachers, the classroom teachers, were being asked to teach art in the classroom and they didn't have the skills that they needed to do that. So we set up Mona Link as a professional development program for teachers. My name is Chris Gordonberg Skinner and I was, I believe, the third Mona Link education director. And my background was I came rather late to teaching. Um, but I decided, since I had practiced art as an artist and a ceramic artist, um, I went into art education. And what I feel I brought to this job was a, a, a background in teaching art in the public schools where I saw art as virtually non-existent. Um, I worked as a, a kind of specialist in art schools would hire me as an art educator in residence. 
And so when I came here, um, it was putting that work into, into, I thought, a really productive action. And in thinking about the study of art, what it provides for, for not only children, but anyone, but it provides one of the most valuable records of insight, not only into our cultural history, but into expression for children in a way that often a written word doesn't. A visual expression it, it kind of uses a different part of the brain. And I think in all aspects of academia, it's applicable. Um, so I found the, the program here to be one that was a, you know, enormous importance and interest to me. I am Nicolette Harrington. I have been with Mona Link for two and a half years now, uh, starting with the uh, closing of schools because of the pandemic. Um, I was approached by a board member to um, help Mona and um, bring my skills here. I've been an art teacher in the elementary schools for mm, too long, uh, <laughs> 30 years. Um, but I, I have a perspective um, that's really valuable for Mona um, because I understand that if art education is to have a permanent role in schools, the subject needs to be fully explained and the impact understood. And there's just so much work to be done. So um, I have really enjoyed my role in working with classroom teachers, helping them with strategies, um, bringing their kids to Mona, um, and just being delighted by how um, much appreciation there is for these opportunities to engage with real art and to be successful in making art. Okay, so our next question is, what were the vision and goals of Mona Link during your time at Mona? And we're going to go in chronological order, starting from the past. I think I already said about the vision and goals, right? <laughs> um, so what should I... Maybe you could talk about, I mean, for instance, how you started it a little bit and what oh. you wrote in that grant that kind of right. got it going. Okay, maybe? okay. So I forgot quite a few things well, in the first. Great, <laughs> throw it in the second answer. <laughs> so I also forgot to say that I came into museum education through the back door. I was a studio artist, and so I sort of grew with the program here. Um, and we started... Uh, just brainstorming on a proverbial napkin, uh, Kathy Shoup, who was curriculum director with uh, the Educational Service District, and Maureen Harlan, who was with LaConnor Schools. Um, we sort of penciled out a program that we thought would serve both the museum and the schools, and then took a big leap and wrote a grant. And it was with the Institute of Museum and Library Services. And it was for $104,000, which was huge. And it was the biggest grant Mona had ever gotten. And we were so ecstatic when we got it. Because it enabled us actually to run the program as we envisioned it for three full years. 
So we weren't scraping. Uh, we really could start on solid footing. Um, so the big biggest challenge was to get money. So we had that. And then the second biggest challenge was to hire staff. And right when we needed somebody, uh, Tamara Tollefson moved into the community from Yakima. And she proved to be a fabulous art educator. And so we were off and running. Um, I followed Tamara. And I didn't realize she was the first actual art educator. I thought that had been you, Mark. Um, but she passed the torch to me, and my assistant was Jasmine Valandani, who was a, a, a very good artist, and had but had not worked in education. So we worked as a team. Um, we had a number of teachers, and we split them. We went out together for the for several times and then she gradually began to take several of the teachers and I would take others. But one of the first things we did, it must have been our second year, is we expanded the program to preschool. And we, I especially wanted to work with the Swinomish. So the Swinomish preschoolers came on board and I had been a previous had a long involvement with the Burlington Little School and so we brought that group on board which was an independent school versus um, the tribe supported preschool and then the next year we began thinking about middle school and we Really, it was more in the thinking stage, but Jasmine really put the middle school program together. I think we had made overtures to schools. So the program, the, it was like an elastic spread down and up slightly. And so I can't really speak to the middle school program because it really has, it was just the inception of it. But having the very young children in the school and working with both of the teachers who were marvelous, and I don't know if you still do preschool, but to have these very young children come in and, and go through this program was interesting. And the other thing, because I'm an old English major from the beginning, although I art has been in my life always, but... Um, we introduced a program that I loved, which was after the tour, the children would choose a drawing and reproduce it and then write about why they chose it. Even the young ones, and we would have lots of volunteers with the little ones who would offer dictation skills. and. The other thing we did is when the tour ended, which I felt was really valuable, we always shared every one of the artworks, which elicited applause and beaming faces. And even the children who were hesitant about it, everyone always saw something. And so that kind of verbal expression to go with the visual expression and the sharing of what they did 
kind of coming out of the closet as an artist was always great. And I felt that for the teachers as well, especially in the summer workshops mm -hmm. when they realized how talented they were themselves and went away feeling the art educator wasn't the only artist in the room. They were one as well. And that was huge. That was sort of a huge goal mm -hmm. from the beginning to help the teachers sort of start to see themselves as creative Absolutely. artists themselves, right. you know, so that, you know, they could invent what they wanted in their That's classrooms, right. you know. They could take that torch and, yeah. and run with it. Mm. When you talk with school administrators these days, they have so much on their plate. There are so many priorities that have exempted uh, um, creative work in the classroom. Mm -hmm. um, so when I um, organize professional development training for these teachers, it's sometimes impossible to know where to start. I, I don't think of it as a, a, a grade level uh, training. I think of it as a a life-level attitude uh, about how um, art forms our lives um, and how we're formed by it. Uh, you know, um, just teaching the elements and principles of art is not enough. You actually have to apply them. You have to see how artists make choices. You have to learn critical thinking skills that help you um, understand the meaning behind some of the work and the effort that goes into to art and how intentional it is. Um, it, it's a huge challenge. <laughs> but, you know, whenever I have the opportunity to um, open up the box and provide materials, it just is a natural inclination that we all have to uh, speak through stuff, to uh, communicate our ideas externally. And um, when I'm planning professional development sessions, and we have a whole day with the teachers, um, I often choose a topic. And it's not art, it's math, it's science, it's social studies, it's uh, local history. And we um, propose uh, projects that teach so much valuable information as the kids are engaged. Um, right now in the schools with social emotional learning being um, such a priority, um, when teachers have an art project, it allows kids to express their feelings and their ideas in ways that they never imagined possible before. So um, I'm honored and thrilled to be in this capacity, helping teachers to um, be comfortable with their own uh, understanding of art and, and their role, uh, helping young people uh, become future artists. Wonderful. So I think we're going to open it up to a little more organic dialogue. Um, you're welcome to talk about unique challenges you faced, how the program evolved to meet them, what Mona Link means to you. You might ask a question of another director. And then kind of just open it up a little bit. This is Mark here. I just wanted to add a little bit to what Nicolette was saying about the study of art. And I think to me what's really important about studying art is not just making art and using it as self-expression, but also the ability that 
students, all of us get, you know, by taking something that wasn't there, creating it, envisioning it, creating it, and then this translates to whatever other kind of endeavor one uh, wants to create in life, you know, whether it's, um, you know, a new car design or, you know, feeling empowered to build a grocery store in a food desert or um, figuring out how to take CO2 out of the sky. You know, these are um, experiences of creativity and empowerment that you can get through the arts. And I'd like to pick that up. I am married, and my husband and I approach things in entirely different ways. He's a patterns person. He solves things through patterns. He figures them out where I'm far more intuitive. I don't do well in um, math in certain language areas but I see you know as as a person who is addressing kids children who have equal diversity in their thinking and how for some of, of visual challenges is demanding but it's met in these unique ways. And I think in, in terms of students sharing their work with one another and teachers in the, in the same capacity sharing their work, and these diverse approaches to the same problem, it, uh, it is kind of mind-blowing. And I, th- I think you know one of the challenges for me is I am probably older than everyone else here and the technical skills needed that were increasingly part of art education or or education generally or life generally were challenging for me and I and that was hard for me in that I, I felt I couldn't keep up with the technology that was demanded and so when I left my colleague, who was proficient in that, it was a kind of, I will say difficult, but a natural transition. Um, and I think for a person like myself, who's you know, struggled with the technical side of it, it's, it's just great to work with someone like Kim who is, you know, taking a lot of that onus. But I think that was the greatest challenge for me was the technical part of it, um, which wasn't until the latter part of my tenure here. Chris, um, if I could interrupt, you're bringing up an amazing um, aspect of art education that sometimes doesn't get uh, credit. Um, Billions of dollars are generated by computer industry and designers and animators, people in the film industry. Um, that visual world that's surrounding us all right now, um, to understand principles of design, um, and the effect of color, the understanding of uh, light and shadow, you know, all of those things play so importantly in how. Um, effective 
those visual images are. Uh, so yes, we need more we need more artists. We need more people who understand how to use technology. Right. And I think that, you know, that deep history of the love of, of art history and of all the art elements and all the aspects of design are, are, are just invaluable in terms of, I mean, you can apply them visually to so many different subject areas. I mean, you can, depicting history. Um, I mean, we both have a, a great love of uh, Jacob Lawrence and his migration series, which is so relevant right now with migration all over the world. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, a, it's a rich tradition and I think the hardest aspect is what we've been talking about in the schools have such demands upon them, they will see art as not relevant or is far more relevant um, than they know it is. I think the other aspect of the Mona Link program, which we haven't really touched on yet, is the VTS, the Visual Thinking Strategies. Um, and you know, actually looking at real works of art, because as opposed to just small images on a phone or um, in a computer or in a printed book, but actually coming into the museum and seeing a work of art at scale, um, where you can go around it, um, you know, be confronted with something that is much larger than yourself, um, and then discussing it with your peers. Uh, in a way that you know really demands that you think critically, uh, that you support your ideas with evidence, that you observe carefully, uh, that you respectfully debate your ideas and come to some mutual understandings. Um, these are all things that have implications far beyond the gallery and far beyond um, art education. They can be applied anywhere. Okay, so our final question is, what dreams do you have for the future of Mona Link? We can start chronologically again um, in the past, and if it gets organic, wonderful. Okay, this is uh, Margaret again. Um, I guess my actual dream for Mona Link, and I know this probably sounds really heretical, um, but I really wish that Mona Link could finish its task and that it wouldn't need to be in existence anymore. Um, that all every class in the valley would come and visit the museum regularly. That every classroom in the valley would be using VTS regularly in the classroom. And that students would have multiple, multiple uh, chances to work with their hands, work with their eyes, uh, build things, create things, uh, express themselves boldly and freely. Um, this is Chris. I think I can hardly uh, top what Mark just said. <laughs> um, I agree with that completely. Um, so I believe so profoundly that 
the ability to visually express combined with thoughtful you know pursuit of history or 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 language it, it's just so rich and so my hope i totally understand and accept what marg says but if the program continues that it just continues that richness of of facets of how to see and how to express thanks chris i i have to end by saying i feel an art education program belongs at mona forever and ever because we have the original pieces um, um, that you can't replicate in any other form um, and it's that authentic experience that gives people a sense of vitality. Um, I, I see kids get so excited when they see how big something is or they realize, oh, they did it this way. I didn't know that. Um, and there's just opportunities um, for um, real learning. And um, the memory that's imparted because of their engagement um, uh, you really can't test, but you can feel, you, you can see, you can watch. Um, so I feel really honored to be a part of this program, and I don't want it to go away. <laughs> I want it to continue to provide the rich experience that it's been able to impart to teachers along the way. Maybe it's 10, 20 teachers a year, but there is a ripple effect. It's pretty exciting. And despite having said that I think it should uh, work its way out of existence, I think uh, maybe a better way of saying it would have been that, you know, it evolves in a different way. Um, so that what you're saying about having uh, students in the gallery looking at art, this can't be replicated anywhere right. else. Uh, and. I'm personally really just very delighted that after 20 years, Mona Link is still here. It's evolved in so many fabulous ways with the outside-in gallery, you know, with a database of lesson plans, you know, um, other kinds of outreach to the community. So kudos. I'd, I'd love to thank you for starting this program, for giving me this opportunity. I, I feel like... I stand on the shoulders of giants, so thank you. Well, and I feel the same way, Mark. It's just wonderful to hear the origins of the program, and I agree the fact that it's alive and well is, is just marvelous and in such good hands. It means a lot. Thanks. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in very good hands. Yeah. <laughs> Mona Link is a two-year professional development program for teachers focused on art education that offers multiple teacher training days as well as museum visits and classroom visits with standards-based integrated art lessons for their students designed by museum educators. Established in 2003, this program is a partnership between the Museum of Northwest Art and local school districts designed to provide comprehensive art education for students ranging from pre-K to high school. Since its start in 2003, the Mona Link program has served over 8,000 
9,953 students and provided training for 181 teachers in school districts throughout Skagit, Whatcom, and Island counties. MonaLink encourages students to become confident communicators, engaged listeners, active observers, and creative problem solvers. Thank you for listening to this Mona Moment.